listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hello, Rockstar SLPs. Today we're going to be talking about the pros and cons to making speech therapy folders for your caseload. Um, If you work in the school setting, you probably have a caseload of 55 students, at least that, right? And some of you poor SLPs have caseloads, you know, up to 100. I've even heard of some people having like 120, which is insane. Um, Whether you have that high-end number or even 55 kids, you do have to have a system for how you are going to caseload manage all their progress on goals, their therapy, um, you know, parent phone calls and communication, keeping track of their goals, all those pieces um, can, you know, get, it can be overwhelming whether, and I've had a caseload of about 55 and I've had a caseload of 83 and either number, you have to have some sort of system. And I know over the years, I've even implemented certain systems thinking like, this is going to be the one. And then I've either found that I loved it or I hated it, or I had to tweak it to fit the way my brain works. And so it's totally okay if you do not use a certain system and you have something else that works better for you. So I thought today would be a good episode to talk about the pros and cons of using speech therapy folders because this way you can figure out, okay, this is this might be worth doing for my caseload and what I have. And I also have some tips for how you can more efficiently use speech therapy folders um, or some considerations for how you could adapt this type of system. Um, a lot of times, like when I had my, when I did my internship, the speech therapist I were, you know, I was under, she used a speech therapy folder system and every kid had their own folder and she had them organized, I think by time. So she had little uh, binder or book bins that she would put their folders and try to have them organized by either the days that she saw them. I think that's how she did it. Um, but you could do it by grade level. You could do it by group. So that was how she kind of kept track of, um, the speech folders. And I did do speech folders for a good chunk of my, uh, time in the schools. I felt like speech folders worked really well for my middle school kids because we did have a lot of visual supports or reading passages or things that I knew I was printing up and we were going to maybe use for two to three sessions. Um, and I needed a place to put them, but As I got a little bit further along in my career, I adapted the speech therapy folder situation. And I will tell you about that later. So if you are in the, before we jump into the pros and cons, I don't know if you know this, but I have digital speech folder templates and activities that are for Google Slides. Now, if you are doing teletherapy, this would work really well for you because you can um, organize and make a child's speech therapy folder with data, like a data graph with activities. You can link to websites. You can share it with the parents so that they can see what's going on. So I will link those in the show notes. If you do teletherapy, you can also use it with in-person therapy. If you're trying to go digital, I will say that if you are not super familiar with Google slides or you feel not confident with them, you may get overwhelmed. 
And, and I will say too, that Google slides, it's one of those things where you have to invest some time to get things organized before it becomes one of those, um, like no, it, it, before it streamlines for you. I remember what, during the pandemic, I, I did make a couple of speech folders because I served a couple of students that were in the upper elementary grades and it took me a minute to get things organized. But then once I had that organized, I was able to just pull that speech folder up and we were able to jump into therapy and reuse a lot of the activities every session. So I will put those in that link in the show notes, but, re but we're really going to be talking about speech therapy folders where you have, you know, your little, you have your little area where you open them up and you can, you have a little tab where you can stick papers inside. Um, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's talk about the pros of making speech therapy student folders. So first, one of the biggest pros is you have an organized system for how you are going to keep track of all your kids. Because if every student has a speech folder, you can then, you know, add, add data sheets, worksheets that you're going to maybe use, um, visuals that are going to be specific to the student's goals. And so you will have a spot for all that. You can put the parent communication sheet in there and you're going to have all that in one spot for that student. So every time you pull it out, you have the important information you need. Maybe you're even sticking um, attendance calendars in there or their goal sheet from their IEP so you can reference that. Or maybe you need to have, I, a lot of times I would print out the IEP at a glance so that I could reference accommodations and you know services to make sure I'm scheduling that student correctly. Um, and it can be, so if you choose this system and you start it from the beginning of the school year, we know that we have that whole week to get our, our therapy caseload up and running. It is time consuming, but you you would be able to get that all prepped before you started seeing students. Um, and if you were to make folders, you one way that I even helped keep it even more organized, like I said a little bit earlier, was that I would get binder or book binder bins where I could put kids folders by what days I saw them or the times or by grade level so that I could easily get those for the kids. Um, and then we could jump into therapy. If you, here's the, the next pro. If you wanted to set up a home program with the family, the family saying, yes, I want to do some homework at home and I want to carry over what you're doing in speech. You have a speech folder ready to go that you can easily send back and forth uh, for updating the family. So that's really nice because that way the parent knows this red folder is, I need to bring that back. You can put any updates in there with the, with the parent and they can have that. So it can be really helpful for that as well. Our students can also take some ownership for their speech and language practice, and you can have them help with maintaining their speech folder. A lot of times you could put some back to school or getting, to, you know, first week of speech activities, and they have to be, you know, to get to know them, but you're going to keep that in there all year so that you can reference their interests and likes. You can go back and look at that, but then you can also have your students be in charge of putting things that were finished or that things that we're going to do next week, you can have them work on organization. It adds a nice little transition for when you come in for your session. You can teach the expectation that every time you come in for speech, you need to go find your speech folder and then come sit down at the table. 
So it creates a nice routine for students to know what to do every single time they come into speech. And we all know that kids thrive on consistency. And if you are struggling with creating routines and consistency, this is one way to help create that, that you know, the, the routine for your students and, so, and the expectation of what's going to happen. So I will link um, a blog post about teaching routines and expectations and how you can do that with some positive inner intervention. Um, I'll link that in the show notes for you as well. And so the last pro that I like about speech folders is that when you have everything in their, their designated folder, it helps jog your memory, what you may have previously taught in past sessions. And you can even use some of those completed worksheets or those visual supports and reuse them in your activity. I mean, sorry, not your activity in the therapy session as a warm up. So you can go back and look and go, oh, we use this worksheet. We or we didn't finish this worksheet. We can keep using this worksheet. Or maybe you have a visual support that you keep using with the student. You can easily grab that out and and work on goals. So that those are my pros for the speech folders. I really do think they can be helpful for taking away that overwhelm with managing a giant caseload. So let's talk about the cons, the cons to speech folders. So it can be time consuming to set up 50 plus speech therapy student folders with, with all the individual things that they may need, right? Um, it, it can be time consuming. That's why I, I recommend if you're going to do it, you do it at the start of the school year and then you make a checklist of things that you want to include so that if you wanted to include data sheets, well, you know that when you're at the data copier, you're going to copy a hundred data sheets for the whole school year to put in people's folders. Um, if you're going, if you want to have their IEP goals, you know that for the next two or three hours, you're just going to sit at your computer and, or, you know, what. Hopefully your IEP system has a way where you can just like select everyone and print their IEP at a glance and print it all at once. But like having a little checklist of things that you would want to include in your speech folder is really helpful for getting those set up without kind of being all over the place. So I typically, um, I, I, I actually moved away from doing speech folders for individual students and instead made a speech therapy data binder. And then I created speech folders for groups, or I had speech folders for specific like phonological processes or specific skills like teaching WH questions. And then I, I'll go into that a little bit later, what I did with those. But I tended to have a speech therapy data binder and I would put a data sheet for every student their IEP goals, a parent contact form. And then if there were certain visual supports that I was going to be using with that child long-term, I, I would stick it in there, but that's where the, the, the file, not the file folder, the speech therapy folder for certain specific areas works really well. Um, another kind of adaptation of that whole mindset of making a speech folder for a specific skill. I, tr I made a binder that had all my visual supports and I had them outlined for like categories, sentence structure, 
um, art, you know, articulation sounds, I made a visual support binder so that I could grab that binder off the shelf. And if I knew a student needed a certain visual support, I probably had it in the binder that I could use, you know, for describing or making sentences or teaching a certain grammar rule. I tried to just accumulate all my visual supports and turn that into a binder. So yes, it is hard to keep up with making sure there's worksheets and you know activities in each student's individual folder. And so I did get away from making individual speech folders when I started to put an emphasis more on using one or two activities to cover a lot of different goals and groups. Because I, you know, when I first started in the schools, I tended to use a lot of worksheets because, you know, it's it's easy to plan. You're like, okay, I'm gonna stick worksheets in everyone's folders. But as I've grown as a clinician, I lo a lot of times I'm using literacy-based therapy and then we're doing some hands-on activities or a sensory bin or a play activity, or we're watching a video and answering questions. And that's where, I started to move away from making individual folders because I wasn't putting as many things in there. Um, instead, I was making little mini folders for the units that I was doing and knowing which grade levels I would use that with. So the other con um, to speech therapy folders is it can get expensive if you do not have, if you don't have a budget with your school and you have to pay for it. I know you could probably find some really um, inexpensive paper, you know, thick paper folders, but they can sometimes fall apart. They don't last as long. Um, if you're going to get, I'll link in the show notes, the kinds that I think are really nice. Um, they have tabs and you can put some envelopes in there so you can store some flashcards. It, it, it opens up the door for what you can put in your speech folder. Well, that can get kind of expensive, like for a pack of 20, I think it's $21. So if you have a caseload of 60 kids, you're going to be paying over $60 for speech folders for your entire caseload. Whereas if you bought the $20 pack, you could create group folders or things that you would need for a certain um, phonological process or some grammar goals. And, and then that way that would streamline it. I often use expanding file folders to store a lot of different activities so that I can, it gets a little bit more bang for your buck because you have one expanding file folder and you can stick a lot of stuff in all of those sections. So if you don't want to spend the money or you don't, do therapy where you're doing a lot of worksheets or individual activities for everyone, then this not this might not work for you, kind of thing. I think that's that's basically what I'm saying. If you if you're on if you'd rather use your sixty dollars for paper or page protectors, um, then you don't you don't really need the speech folders, especially if you're pulling books off the shelf and using lots of different mediums of like YouTube videos and stuff, you don't necessarily need speech holders. Um, and then sometimes it can get distracting to have your students go find their speech folder and then get them to the table. Uh, so it can be, as, as much as it can be a good routine for certain friends, it can also be a distraction and getting the room started. So if you are trying to 
create some independence with your students to go find their speech folder. Make sure that you have walked them through the process and you're really consistent with that um, so that you get down to work right when they come in. So just to recap, having a speech folder is great for keeping things organized. You have a spot for everything. Your students can take ownership. It's easy to maintain a home program if a family wants to have a home program. And it also helps you with reusing activities that you have used from previous sessions. So you're not always planning and prepping all the time. Um, some of the cons is that it can be time consuming. It can get costly and it can also become distracting. Um, if you if you haven't set up a system with your students on how to get their speech folders. So like I said throughout this episode as well, I have moved away from traditional speech folders where it's one for every student. I, I, I use a binder with a tab for each child. I either do it alphabetically or I've tried to also do it by group. So if I see kids at eight o'clock, all the eight o'clock kids are in the first three tabs. And then the 8.30 group is the next three tabs. So I've tried to, I do my, my binder like that. And it, every binder has, it has, it's more of an emphasis on managing their caseload and documenting communication, attendance, what we did in therapy. Um, and that's my therapy data binder. And then I have moved towards and if I have kids who need certain visual supports, I'm making a group speech folder or a speech folder for a specific skill or um, like a certain process. So for example, if I have a lot of students on my caseload that have phonological processes, specifically like cluster reduction, then that's a, that's a, that's a usually a, uh, like a ding, ding, ding in my head that, you know what? I should probably make a speech folder or make an expanding folder um, where I have organized everything I might need for that phonological process. Because what I can do is I can grab that stuff out. Let's say I see four kids a day that have cluster reduction goals. I can grab that folder off the shelf and I have all my flashcards ready. I have my visual supports. I have um, you know, sorting mats, if I'm doing a minimal pairs approach, whatever, whatever I might need, it's all in one spot. And I know that I'm going to reuse those activities with those four different kids. So I have done that with the R sound and the S and Z sound, because it, it is a little time consuming in the beginning, but then it's one of those things where you can, it's ready to go. If you get a new kid, it's ready to go. You don't have to go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do in therapy? Um, it's all there. I definitely have found it very helpful for R um, because I, I swear I always had at least five kids with R or more. Um, and then the other thing that you can, you know, is tricky is it, the folders could get bulky quickly because if you keep adding more activities, it's going to make the folders bulky and harder to keep track of. So you do have to spend some time cleaning it out or sending things home with the students. So those are things to consider. Um, and then the last thing I was going to talk about is when you are having to take data and everyone has their own speech folder, it can be, I don't even know if it's, 
it's kind of distracting, but it might just be the way it, it is. But you have to open up every kid's folder to take data on their data sheet. The pro to that is that you have the data there. You know your data sheet's there. It's top of mind. Um, but the con is that it's a lot of flipping back and forth between folders and having those out. And so what some solutions that you can do is you can use a group data sheet so that you have every kid in that group listed and you can take data on those goals. You can allot time at the start of the session to take data. So then you don't have to worry about flipping through folders while you're doing a lesson. Um, or you can do a progress monitoring approach. And a lot of times with my kids who would come in from preschool with four goals, there was no way I was going to take data on all their goals in a session. So I often would do therapy with them so I could enjoy the therapy with them and make sure I'm doing my evidence-based practices. And then every couple of weeks, two to three weeks, I would pull them aside, um, you know, on a progress monitoring day. I usually block that time out and I would progress monitor the students' goals so that I had accurate information and I had their full attention. So those are some things to consider. The other solution to taking data with, with the speech folder system is to check out Swivel Scheduler. It's by Maureen Wilson, the Speech Bubble SLP, and she has it set up so that you can have your speech schedule listed on the software app. And then that way, when your group comes in, you're able to just see the all the three, if you have three kids in your group, you're able to take data on those students directly on that time. And then it will also swivel the goals. So if you have a student with two to four goals, it will swivel those goals so that you can pull it up and know what you need to do. So I hope that this gives you some clarity on if you want to make speech folders for your caseload. I am going to link my um, blog post about setting up speech sound folders that I talked about and how I put all the things that I need for a certain sound or phonological process. And I will also link Swivel Scheduler so you can check that out as well as a link to the digital speech folders for all you tech savvy SLPs that like to keep things digital. All right. So it's been great chatting with you. In the next few episodes, I'm going to be talking a lot about themed therapy, and we have been working on some, a new challenge for July and just some fun stuff for you. If you're interested in getting started with themed therapy, we got something coming out soon. So I hope you all have a great rest of your week. As always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see, and I will talk with you next week. Uh -huh.